Hey, welcome back to True Sleep. Man, oh man, it has been a long time. I know I really appreciate you guys who have hung in there and have not dropped this podcast. And I really appreciate everybody who has emailed, checking in on me to make sure everything is okay. Everything is okay. The reason I have not been able to record in so long is that we have been in a major time of prayer and discerning God's direction and transition. Uh, I have, uh, I'm in the midst of making a transition from being the pastor of a local church, Doolins Grove Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's my church family. I love them very, very much, uh, to becoming what's called a superintendent in our small denomination. That's a role in which I will get to serve the pastors of our regional churches. And I actually begin tomorrow. Tomorrow will be my first day technically as the superintendent. And uh, so all that has required a lot of focus and a lot of attention. And so this podcast is something I really enjoy doing and I think and hope it's helpful, but I just have to set it aside sometimes to focus on the in-person ministry that God has allowed me to participate in. So uh, I think I'm back. I think I should be able to to resume and, and keep up as weekly as possible episodes. And so thank you again for hanging in there. Uh, if you forgot, or if you're new, my aim with this podcast is to serve you by guiding you to meditate on a passage of scripture. So in each episode, I will take a passage. I have a little system of keeping an even focus on all the genres of scripture. And I'll read a little bit, and I'll just give you some prompts to think about the text and the hope is that it will help restless people get some rest and maybe be able to get some peaceful sleep by meditating on God's word as they uh, lay there falling asleep. Um, I really, I'm, I have varying degrees of success with this, but my, my aim is to keep it focused just on the words of the text and not my interpretation of them. In my ideas, because I want you to feel fully relaxed that you're not going to be exposed to any false teaching or anything like that. So I'm hoping just to make you think about what the text says and not inject a whole lot of my own thoughts. That's hard to do and they slip through and that's uh, inevitable. Uh, but I, my prayer and hope is that the Holy Spirit would make this a really nourishing thing for you and your soul and restful because I know you need some rest. I know everybody's stressed out and anxious and tired often, and God's people don't need to be that way at all. Um, so I'm really eager just to launch back into it. I want to say a hello to listeners in Lincoln City, Oregon. During my time off, that has emerged as the uh, city with the most listeners and the state with the most listeners and the country with the most listeners. So I don't really know how word spread to Lincoln City, Oregon. I've never been there, uh, but thank you for listening wherever you are. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to just jump in where we left off in the book of Revelation, chapter 2. We'll start at verse 18. All right, so let's pray first. Father, thank you so much for giving us your word. Thank you for your love for us through Jesus Christ. I'm going to pray for this listener right now. Uh, you know him or her. You know everything going on in their life. You know everything going on in their mind. You understand them better than they understand themselves. Would you please bless them now by 
pulling them close to yourself through a renewed faith in Jesus and through the power of your word. Let them hear your voice and your word now in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Hope you're settled in. Hope you're comfortable. Try to put everything else out of your mind and let's just focus together on the words of Revelation chapter 2, starting at verse 18. And to the church, I'm sorry, and to the angel of the church in Thyatira, write, the words of the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire, and whose feet are like burnished bronze. Now, if you'll recall, long ago when we were working our way through Revelation, this is one of several letters, opening introductory letters to real churches. John, under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, introduced each one of, each one of these little sections with a vision of Jesus Christ. So let's just let our... Let our minds focus on what he says about Jesus here. What's about to come are the words of the Son of God. So think about Jesus for a moment as the Son of God. That is full of meaning. What, what does that mean? What are the implications that Jesus is the Son of God? And not just is he the Son of God, that you're about to hear the words of the Son of God. These will be the words of the Son of God who has eyes like a flame of fire. The words of the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire, and whose feet are like burnished bronze. And my understanding is that the idolatry going on in Thyatira, where these Christians were, included worship of Apollos, who was the son of Zeus. So the Holy Spirit inspiring John to write the words of the Son of God is likely just a direct confrontation of the idol worship of the Son of Zeus. Eyes like a flame of fire most likely indicates penetrating, burning insight, vision. Feet like burnished bronze most likely is an image that's meant to to indicate that he is just sturdy and strong in his direction and purpose. But it's another kind of mysterious vision of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's good for us, especially American Christians, to be reminded that he is glorious beyond all measure. We tend to take such a casual and informal approach to our relationship with him, but he is the Son of God. 
So let's just pause there and reflect. How have we been viewing Jesus? How have we been approaching our relationship with Jesus? Have we been giving him the proper awe and respect? Let's take about 30 seconds and and pray and ask God to adjust your vision, your understanding of who Jesus is. Okay, let's begin to read what he has to say. He says, I know your works, your love and faith and service and patient endurance, and that your latter works exceed the first. So here, John is mediating this message from the glorious Jesus Christ, Son of God, to the Christians in ancient Thyatira, but it's encoded in Scripture and here for us. And so we can reflect on the fact that Jesus knows the works, the love, the faith, the service, and patient endurance of his people. And so he knows yours. And I think it'd be good for you to reflect on these things, too, about your life. I I don't know what aspects of your life have been most prominent in your thoughts and focus lately. Usually it's just taking care of your responsibilities and things that need to be done or things that are worrying us or whatever's urgent. But here are some things that Jesus cares about and prioritizes. So Jesus knows your works. What are your works? What have you been working on? What have your hands been busy with? Usually this refers to good works. What good things have you been up to? Just take a few minutes or a few moments. Think back over what, maybe over the course of the last week, let's say. What good works have you been up to? Jesus sees your works. He knows your works. He also knows your love. So take a few moments to evaluate your love. How is your love for God? That's the first and foremost primary important love. Have you been living in such a way that demonstrates a love for God? And then secondarily, how has your love for people been? Have you been living for the benefit of those around you?
Jesus knows your works. He knows your love. He also knows your faith. So think about your faith for a moment. How has your faith been? Have you been trusting in the Lord? Have you been praying? Have you been resting in His sovereignty and love for you? Trusting in the firmness of His Word? Or have you been trying to muscle through your life on your own as if He didn't exist or as if He wasn't trustworthy? Just take a few moments and reflect on that. How has your faith been? Jesus says, I know your works, your love, and faith, and service. He knows your service. As a Christian, I hope you're a Christian. Christian is someone who is trusting in Jesus as the Savior from their sins and following Jesus as their Lord in obedience to his word. As a Christian, you are meant to be of service to people. Service is a major value in the kingdom, in Jesus' kingdom. So think back over your last week, let's say, and evaluate, have you been of service to people? Have you been oriented toward others, or have you been more oriented toward yourself and demanding or expecting others to serve you? Give that some thought. Jesus says, I know your works, your love, and faith, and service, and patient endurance. So these are things that Jesus values, he evaluates, he's aware of, and he appreciates among his people. He expects these things, these are important to him, and it includes patient endurance. So let's think about that. Have you been patiently enduring? lately? Is there anything that's been just difficult that you are not enjoying that is a part of life, maybe because you're a Christian, maybe some persecution, or maybe it's um, some pressure you've been under in light of the good works that God has had you working on, or some sin that others have perpetrated that has harmed you and is making life difficult? Uh, In this fallen world, often we're in that situation where The name of the game is patient endurance. Or maybe you've been in a season where you're struggling to endure. Your patience has worn thin. You can't endure any longer, or so it feels. Reflect on that a little bit, and maybe this is an area in which you should do some praying and not just meditating on Scripture, but talk to the Lord just silently there in your bed, um, wherever you are. And ask him to help you hold up and continue to patiently endure.
And there's one more. Jesus knows your works, your love, and faith, and service, and patient endurance. And, finally, that your latter works exceed the first. And this is where I think we'll stop for this one. Make a little note here. Your latter works exceed the first. So he's aware of your, our works from the start to the finish. And he seems to value when the works increase. They exceed where they used to be, when we grow in good works. And let's keep in mind that he's not talking to an individual here. He's talking to a church. That is the context for the Christian. You need to be a member of a local church, a committed member. If that church practices formal church membership, which I think it should, you need to join. And you need to operate in a context of fellowship with your local church family. That's who Jesus is talking to here when he says he sees your your works. He's talking about a church's works. Your love, he's talking about a church's love. Your faith, he's talking about a church's faith. Your service, he's talking about, you guessed it, a church's service. Patient endurance, the same. And your latter works exceeding the first, the same. So I'll leave you with that thought. Think about you in the context of your church family. How is your church doing in terms of good works, love, faith, service, patient endurance? And are you as a church growing to where your latter works are exceeding your first? As you're thinking about that, I just want to pray for you, and then I'll leave you with that thought. And Lord willing, be back with you in a week. Father, thank you for this listener. Please bless them with good, deep sleep tonight and help them to meditate on your word and find rest for their souls in a restless, busy world. In Jesus' name, amen.